Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. How you going, Brent? I am going fantastic, Ken. What about yourself? Is it all sunny up there in the Hawks? Well, it's a bit overcast, but it's uh, particularly cold, I think. But I'm getting to a certain age where um, you know, I feel the cold. What about you? Yeah, I'm of that age as well, where I, where I feel the cold. I mean, I, I did leave uh, Dunedin uh, and ended up in Singapore. Um, and uh, I quite enjoyed that heat up there. But uh, I can tell you that with electricity prices here, my house is not uh, 37 degrees at the moment. <laughs> We're wrapping up in the winter woolies, and we might have it on every little bit now, now and again. It's the Scotsman and me coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so cold here a couple of weeks back that my wedding ring dropped off my finger. Fortunately, I was able to find it, but I lost another ring yesterday, so it's just one of those Gee things. Whiz. I suppose. Yeah. So. You need to be putting on some weight, Ken. <laughs> I think. You need to be putting on some beef around those, yeah. those fingers of That's yours. Right. Just to cement it in place. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We're going to talk about uh, all things financial. But before we get there, just remind the listeners, Stuart Group, I know you've been in business for 35 years. What are you guys all about? Look, Stuart Group are an independent financial advisory firm who are fee-based. We're a CFIX certified advisory firm, which means we're honour-bound to always put client interests first mm. uh, before our own. So we're in the financial advisory uh, business, which means providing advice to customers and clients uh, ranging all the way from insurances and risk management through to legacy, estate planning and trusts and things of that nature. And you're big in KiwiSaver as well, aren't you? Absolutely. KiwiSaver is one of the tools in our armoury. It's one of the, the, the arrows in our quiver, so to speak. Very essential in terms of longer term superannuation, uh, retirement funding and tax effective retirement funding as well. Yes. Yep. All right, Brent, uh, talk to us about mortgages. Is mortgage shock setting in? What does that mean? I think it is. Um, Mortgage shock is definitely setting in. We've seen interest rate rises, so the OCR interest rate, which is the Reserve Bank's tool, um, uh, practically only tool in terms of monetary policy, uh, to be able to manipulate the market. Inflation is that ugly, dirty part of economics that means that the value of what you can spend decreases year by year. Yeah. Now, up until recently, inflation was you know, benign at around about 2%. You'll, you'll remember back to the days of, of Muldoon mm-hmm. and Think Big and when inflation was up. People might not realize this, but it was up 20%. Yeah. You know, mortgage rates were up to 20%. That meant that what you bought for a dollar, you had to have a dollar twenty the year next. Yes. That's, that's big stuff. So the Reserve Bank is charged with keeping inflation within a bound. And those boundaries are, you know, 2 to 3%. That's what it is. Inflation 
has gone firstly to 6.9% last quarter and it's just recently, two days ago, been announced at 7.3%. When we discussed, I said to you, I think it'll get up around about 8 Yeah. Um, now, I don't, I don't have any further economic data. They're saying 7.3 is about the top it'll get, but let's just add a little bit of GST on top of that. It might get to 7.5, between 7.5 and 8. The Reserve Bank has to knock it on the head, and it has to knock it on the head because it means that the purchasing power of what we can buy is, is going down, is decreasing. So they increase interest rates to do that, to stop you and me and, and our listeners from going out and buying that extra television or yeah. that extra laptop to stop the purchasing power of, of discretion, discretionary purchases. So they've raised the interest rate half a percent. So the base interest rate, what we call the OCR, the, the overnight cash rate, is uh, 2.5%. I can see it being raised twice more. Mm. Uh, another 50 basis points, which will take it to 3%, in the next quarter and another 50 basis points by January of next year. So... That'll mean a very tough Christmas for some people because it means that in your pocket, what it will mean is basically you'll be paying two to three times what you were in your mortgage rates. Yeah. So someone who borrowed, yep. say, $800,000 three or four years ago when everyone was laughing about it, what's going through their head right now? Uh, I think what's going through their head is pain. They'll be looking at if they're coming off a fixed rate, it'll be interesting as well because if they're coming off a fixed rate, that means that they were making a payment uh, of uh, a certain fixed amount. Uh, previously, but that fixed amount is now uh, going to be uh, a heck of a lot more mm, when they yeah. come off that fixed rate. Really, 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 really tough for them. Um, basically, they'll be paying double. Uh, somebody who was on an $800,000 uh, mortgage previously, paying on a monthly basis probably around about $3,500 wow. uh, a month, will now be paying something in the order of 5000 a month. Is this the bursting um, of the bubble that we talked about uh, some years ago? I mean, uh, I've been talking to the uh, team yep. from the Stewart Group for, for quite a few years now, yep. and uh, it seemed to be that the housing bubble was going to be in place for some time to come, but has it burst? It's not burst. I wouldn't say the bubble's burst, but I'd certainly say it's like one of those balloons that you had for your birthday three months ago. It's definitely deflating. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say it's burst. Burst is where you take take the pin and make the whole thing pop, and that's yeah. why you know I've got a, 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 an aversion to balloons and clowns. Yes. I might just uh, let you know, don't send me a balloon or a clown. So it, it's deflating, as it would do, because if you had to pay you know something like $1,000 a week for your mortgage, and now you've got to pay 2000 a week or 1500 that's an extra $1,500 yep. that's not going towards the kids' education. That's an extra $1,500 you've got to find from somewhere. On the back of that, your petrol price has gone up as well. So the cost of running your car is going through the roof as well, right? So you've, you've got this double whammy. You might have to catch the bus. We mm. might want to take the train. So I, I can see two more basis point rises of, of 50 basis points, which will take that mortgage of 800000 from 3000 a month up to 5000 a month, almost a doubling, not quite a doubling. That's pain. We've just seen today, actually, it's been released on, on uh, TradeMe, it's not very scientific, but TradeMe has said that prices in Wellington here have come off 3% and house prices in Auckland are off 4%. So you know, when people feel that sort of pain, and they're, they're seeing it in the supermarket, my Tararua butter... Last year, I paid five dollars for a uh, five hundred gram butter, mm -hmm. and Tararua butter is now six dollars fifty. So you tell me how that's keeping prices the same. Cheese has gone from nine dollars fifty a block up to thirteen. That's a thirty-seven percent increase. Yeah. Butter's gone up thirty percent. Yeah, I was, um, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, we were talking about the, the fact that bread's gone up seven percent. 
And they said, oh, well, I don't mind paying another 7% for a loaf of bread. Said, but that's the thin end of the wedge. It's not just 7% on the loaf of bread. If you you know extrapolate that out across every single grocery line, almost, and uh, the price of petrol and the price of rent, inflation uh, affects people differently, doesn't it? I mean, people on a good whack, uh, inflation doesn't necessarily affect them too badly. But someone at the bottom of the pile or someone who's getting basic wage, what do they do? My heart goes out for those that are working two or three jobs, those students. My wife and I tried to rent a property here. There was one we saw that was 450 a week. And honestly, Ken, I would not let my dog mm. into that property. And we had to pay above the odds, and, and we're in a fortunate position. We've both got yeah. good jobs. We don't have any children, so we don't have an extra mouth to feed. And it's just us. I don't know how families of two or three children are able to cope in this circumstance and situation. You're quite right. It's particularly hurtful and harmful for those that are, are on the breadline. And I mean, gosh, we've got, supposedly, we've got a Minister for Child Poverty. Mm. And we haven't fixed that in five to six years. I can remember seeing John Campbell on TV talking about child poverty and people living in the cars. I just don't know how people are managing. Because 7% on milk, you're quite right. My milk's gone from uh, 5.40 for four litres up to 5.80 for four litres. It's 7%. That's a big increase. And my petrol's gone up, well, I, what was I paying? $1.80 a litre two years ago when I first arrived. Now it's $3 a litre. I don't know who's holding these people to account in terms of making sure, you know, that the guarantee is. Mind you, I saw the same Tararua butter, which is now six fifty at Pack and Save at four ninety in, in the warehouse. Mm. Uh, so... Uh, people can, can look to diversify their shopping to uh, the Tyndall Group or out to the warehouse and have a look out there. You've just got to be able to manage your budget. That's easier said than and done, I isn't it? I don't think, you know, we've got to, like our grandparents probably did, we've got to budget and allocate for a roof over the head. We've got to budget and allocate for transportation because we've got to get our kiddies to school and back. We've got to get to work ourselves, although work from home might be an option uh, for some. Um, and we've got to be vigilant yeah. about where we're spending money and like squirrels, we've got to put some aside for winter, and I think winter's coming. You can't really hold banks culpable for lending money, can you? Because um, you know, if we wind the clock back three or four years, it was, everything was sort of coming up roses, wasn't it? Now, all of a sudden, it's time to pay the piper, but you didn't realise that you're going to have to pay the piper quite so soon. So uh, should the onus be more on, you know, can we really afford this? What if the worst-case scenario, should we as consumers be saying, well, worst-case scenario, what's the worst thing that could happen? Absolutely. I mean, I'm in the market for a mortgage. I'll be looking for a property. And I'm looking at, I've got to have more than a 20% deposit. That is prudent. I'm not going to borrow, you know, yeah. I'm not going to borrow 95%. It's absolutely prudent. And I'm banking on, I'm doing my calculations on interest rates being, you know, 75 to 8%. Yeah. And that way I've got extra there to pay off the mortgage. Now, I'm not bashing banks in terms of saying that they're making outrageous profits, but yeah. I am saying that when I look at Singapore, the Singapore bank rate, uh, they charge 1% mm. as a margin wow. above their equivalent rate. Now, the OCR is not how banks borrow here. Yeah. The OCR is a guidance that the Reserve Bank sets. Banks actually borrow from taking deposits from savers and also go to market through interest rates. So it's a slightly different mechanism, and I think that you'd have to look more towards the three-year yield curve, yeah. which is at about 4%, right? So yeah. that's about the cost of money for banks, and then they're lending it to us. Now, I'm looking, 6.35, you mm. know, that's you know, an extra 2% on 4%, but that's a 50% margin. So... You know, I think we need to have a conversation about that with banks. I think we need to be saying, hey, you guys are making a little bit of cream yep. off other people's hardship. There's a word for that in English. And, um, you know, we've got to be very, very careful. But I'm not bashing the bank. No. 
Um, they're there to make money, and uh, they're part of our portfolios in KiwiSaver and, and other things. So we do make money in terms that does flow through. But uh, it's tough. It's tough out there. And when companies, you know, when grocery stores are saying, oh, look, we're holding our, our prices back to last year's, and we, we just say, well, hey, uh, we've got the proof that that's yeah. not the case. Do you think yeah. it's going to get yeah. worse before it gets better? I, I heard a, a report yesterday, or someone was talking to me yesterday about it, and they were saying that they think that inflation may have peaked, that we might be uh, coming out of it. But is that how you read it, or do you think that there is more pain to come? I think there's more pain to come. I don't think it's peaked at all. From my 35, 40 years' experience mm-hmm. of being in the market and watching markets, it, it's a time lag. It takes a time lag of about, you know, 6 to 12 months. even up to 18 months to work its way through the economy. We still have supply-side shocks. The Ukraine produces something like 20 to 30% of all canola or vegetable oil, very large producer of wheat. Um, There's an energy crisis about to hit the whole of Europe because Europe won't be allowed to purchase its oil and gas from Russia. So where are they going to get that from? Um, So I think there is, is certain hardships coming through in the economy over the next 6 to 12 months. I think it will get worse. I think we'll see inflation up around about the 8%, or maybe 7.5%, 8% mark. We'll see mortgages almost doubling wow. in, in cost if somebody's borrowed 800000 We'll see house prices come down because divorce rates are up in Australia. I don't know what they are here in New Zealand, but when couples, you know, if they've been in lockdown and they yeah. realise, hey, we're not good for each other, they sell the property. If they're selling the property in a down market, that puts further pressure on house prices. People that purchased a property for one, 1.5 million, they might be seeing a correction of 15 to 20%. I don't think that the correction we've the trade me spoken about today, that 3%. If, so if property prices went up, 30% in the previous two years, and they come off three. That's only its 10% correction of the 30% that it went up. So yep. I think there's a lot more pain coming. I'm sorry to say it, Ken. I'm really sorry to say it, but I yep. think it's coming. Well, it's certainly a lot of doom and gloom that you're talking about. So let's say, for example, someone, let's stick with that $800,000 that we've got on a mortgage, and uh, those yep. people are now realizing that, geez, this is not looking very good to us, and they come along to see you. What sort of advice might you be giving them from a financial point of view? Well, of course, the, the, what I'm about to say is very generalistic. Yes. But the first thing is to focus on the things that you can control. So the things that you can control, firstly, your budget. So work out your budget. In order to know where you're going, you've got to know what you're spending because people can only do two things with money. You can spend it or save it. And if you save it, it's hopefully to spend it later on or to gift to your children or to create some form of legacy. So understand your budget. Put some parameters around it. What percentage are you paying in, in mortgage or rent? Now, you should be paying between 20 and 25%. Anything above 30% is what we call mortgage stress. So of your after-tax income, how much is going towards putting a roof over your house and your family? And then how much should you be spending on clothing? Because you've got to clothe yourself. And and winter, as you well know, and you and I both are feeling the cold a bit, Ken, so we've got to buy those $8 gloves or whatever it might be. Put a budget around that. Food. Again, there are parameters around food. Food should be 25 to 30%. My mother once told me the three things you should never skimp on is a bed, shoes, and food. Always have those three things because you spend 30% of your life in bed and 30% on your feet, and you've got to be able to fire up the the kiln, the good oven, with with good food. So cut out the things that aren't necessary, the, the fizzy drinks, the chocolate biscuits, all that sort of stuff. Try and cut that down to a minimum, but... You know, have 10% set yep. aside for the pleasurable things in life. I saw Billy Joel's coming here. I, I've seen Billy Joel once in my life, and my wife has not. And I thought, gosh, I really want to 
go and see if it gee whiz, tickets are two hundred and fifty dollars. Can I that, really yeah. <laughs> can I really afford it? Yeah. Probably I can't. It's not within the budget. So I'll go and buy the album, sort of thing. Yeah. Um you just have to put that budget in place. So that's the first thing you control. The second thing that you can control is the value of your goals. So if you need to say, well, you know, I was wanting in retirement to spend 3000 or I was wanting a house worth a million, can you downsize that? I mean, we all have, in the past year or two years, we've all looked to that to say, I'm not going overseas for a holiday if we were lucky enough yeah. to be able to go to overseas. So we've saved that money, right? That money's not gone out, or we've spent it maybe internally and going on holidays domestically in New Zealand. But um, what can we control in terms of our expenditure for uh, the future or our housing or having smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, reliable, and time-bound? The third thing is our time horizon, our time horizon for work. By that, and I'm not uh, giving away any trade secrets here, Ken, by that what I'm meaning is, you know, if you'd set your retirement at being 65, you might want to say, look, I'll, I'll elongate that till 68 or yeah, 70 absolutely. or 75, or I don't want to stop working, because it's far easier to continue on that, that trajectory of working than it is to give up at 65 and then go back to work at 80. Exactly um, right. Yeah. And I notice in the police force, uh, mandatory retirement age used to be 65, and I think they've increased it out to 70 or 75 now, my brothers in the force. So those are the things that you can control, your time horizon, the value of your goals, yeah. and your budget. The thing that you cannot control is the return on your investment and the things like inflation. But you've got to get yourself in a position where you can feel more psychologically in control. I think some of the other things that are going to hit the economy... Um, I don't know that we'll go into recession. Um, that's technically that means two quarters of negative return. But I do think there's going to be some pressure on wages, and I do think there's going to be some pressure on employment. So companies may reduce staff. I know that at the moment it's pretty near full employment. You know, I can just see some pain coming, Ken. I hate to say it, but I really can. Yeah, look, we're just about out of time. Just interesting that uh, that figure that you mentioned, uh, between 20 and 25% is what you should be looking at uh, paying your rent or your mortgage, and that 30% is uh, mortgage stress. But I don't think I know anyone who's paying um, less than that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to and that, that tells us that tells us one thing. That tells us the exact same as what was coming out of John Campbell um, five, six years ago. Mm. Uh, we don't have enough houses. No, the government exactly. knew it. Uh, they didn't do it. The life of a spotted Westrel, right, yes. is worth more than our children. We're using the Resource Managers Act, the Consent Act. Councils are not allowing properties to be built at enough. We, we need another. We need, I don't know how many. We need another 100,000 houses. Yeah. Uh, to have an average house price of a million dollars in this country with the amount of land that we've got is absolutely ridiculous. And we need properties to be built. If you increase the supply of property, then, of course, the price of property has to come down. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be a favourable government that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody needs to just allow that to happen so that we can put a roof over our tamariki's head, yep. right? Absolutely. And do it in such a way that people aren't paying 800 a week or 1000 a week in rent, in basically debt money. And we've got to allow our kids as they grow into adulthood um, to be able to purchase a property, Ken. And on that somber note, Brent, we're out of time. So oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just remind us. <laughs> sorry to be a downer. Um, let's, let's think about uh, something that's a little bit more joyful. Put on our favourite music again. Those are the things we can psychologically control. Look forward to uh, the end of winter and summer coming. Uh, uh, the sun will always come up tomorrow.
information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge.